I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to go to the devil. I want to be evil. I want to spit tax. I want to be evil. And cheat at gas. I want to be wicked. I want to be mean and throw my ties. I want to wake up in the morning with that dark brown face. I want to see some dissipation in my face. I want to be evil. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing podcast. I'm Kate Pruser, managing editor of Lookout Landing. And with me is, as always, John Troop. And John, how are you? Doing all right, Kate. Uh, it's... Uh, finally, uh, the season where my, all of the trees out in front of my house are no longer, uh, just dripping sticky leaves onto my car oh, and making yeah. it, uh, miserable. So, uh, I'm, I'm quite content. I'm, I'm quite pleased. Um, and, uh, like you, I believe just watched perhaps one of the best baseball games, uh, yeah. that I've ever seen in my life. In my life. I, so w- did you did you catch the whole game start to finish? Uh, there was a I was out at a um, fun newish place in White Center called Beer Star where they have forty eight beers on tap. Well, well, look at you! I know Kate uh, about town. It was pretty great, <laughs> uh, and they have now hooked on a Woody's Burgers next to mm-hmm. it, so even though they Excellent. don't serve food, you can, like, go over there and get your... And it was my first time having a Woody's Burger, mm-hmm. and I had the fig and the pig, <laughs> and I died of joy. 
Now, is there a fig actually involved in this? Because that there's might a be scoop a of fig bag. preserves Ooh. and blue cheese and bacon, and mm. it. I pretty much just want to live inside the burger from now on. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you're gonna you're gonna volunteer to be yep. to be the the fig or pig in oh. this snare. Oh, I, I would happily take whatever <laughs> role the burger would have me in. I'm just a girl standing in front of a burger. Um, <laughs> No, but it was it was super fun and like uh-huh. I think I was one of maybe five people watching the game. Um but sure. that was before things got really crazy. I was there the first mm-hmm. f- five innings, six innings maybe, mm-hmm. and then headed home and then mm-hmm. caught the rest of it uh, a gape in front of my television <laughs> as it were. Yeah. It's uh, so I watched I watched the first few innings and and saw Verlander's just outright dominance and yeah. like, I think I'd been talking with a few folks and I was thinking like it's gonna be like a hundred degrees and Verlander's like pissed and gonna have to and like has to show up like he's gonna start throwing at like ninety six and gonna finish at like a hundred yeah. and he pretty much did um, as good as Verlander has been all year I really feel like he's hit another gear in the postseason like he yeah. just seems so focused and so determined yeah. and um you know maybe as a guy who is like a little later on in his career <laughs> uh is feeling like this is his chance yeah i mean you know there, there was he had so much sort of deliberation about whether he was even going to accept a trade because I, I as i recall he wanted to go to either the dodgers or the cubs um and it was only at the like literally the last five seconds that he okayed the trade to uh to houston if, if i recall before the deadline um but yeah i mean I, I think you know it it's it's tough to say from a mariner's perspective whether going forward that will you know be hurtful because obviously they have you know houston now has another ace um but yeah. they also have 28 million dollars wrapped up in that guy and a couple fewer you know very solid prospects um but yeah, well, meantime, they're paying Carlos Correa, like, um, I don't know, a bag of peanuts. Yeah, I believe $550,000 yeah, a year. Yeah, minimum yeah. for him and Springer, right? Springer yep. is also... Yep, and Bregman. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, Bregman, uh, well, I, God knows what Bregman thinks. He obviously thinks very highly of himself, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, was it Correa who asked for a pay increase and was denied, or was it Springer? I I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it was Springer first, just because he was there, because he'd been around longer. He'd been called up earlier, yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I, I, yeah, and I mean... You know, when you when you are a young player in MLB, that is unfortunately, you know, your your lot is, you know, they the there are a lot of good things that the you know that baseball does better than uh, other sports in as it pertains to you know pay for players um, and the fact that that five hundred fifty thousand is guaranteed no matter whether yeah, he gets hurt or true. you know you know whatever it may be you know that is that is good but uh, but yeah it you know the the Astros getting twelve first round picks in the last five years i believe Something or six that could years. not happen anymore um you know is yeah. is has really i mean you know it's not b- groundbreaking to say hey they tanked and it paid off but um 
but you know they they hit enough that uh and and they got a f- enough sort of upstart uh guys and and then you know committed to uh smart analytics and as well as you know smart you know new analysis and you know things like when Verlander came over you know telling him you know hey we've been videotaping you and you should adjust your angle on this pitch just a little bit and you're going to get a lot more movement like yeah things you know things that going after never the right pulled. kind of player um, mm-hmm. for all the aces that were available it does seem like verlander specifically as a pretty cerebral pitcher mm-hmm. uh who is open to making changes right. who would listen to that kind of feedback you know which yeah. is not a, a small task when you right have had the kind of success that he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking the other day that that's, that's sort of how the Astros, as a smaller market team, can compete. They can say, mm-hmm. hey, come to us and we will improve you. Mm-hmm. You know, We're doing these things that not other people are doing and we will make a better player out of you. We might not pay you a ton of money, but we will set you up to get real paid. Yeah, I think we described we ended up describing it as they they're offering internships yeah. almost, <laughs> um, you know, like because you know they don't have the money that many other teams have. They have flexibility in that they're p- still paying their stars, you know, peanuts as you said, but you know they can they can take a guy who maybe is only willing to sign a one year deal, um, but wants to have a big year and wants wants a shot at a championship and say right. hey we're we see something that you can improve you trust us you know you'll have a good year that our team will have a good year and uh you know and next year if you are going to go and sign a big contract you're going to get a particularly big contract because we you know we did this this good thing um you know we'll see how that actually pans out this offseason because i don't you know they have I believe Beltron coming off the books. Oh yeah, uh, as far as we're we're, we're, we're praising the Astros, let's let's remember <laughs> that they did in fact drive a truck full of money up to Carlos Beltrons. That's true. And, and I know and that you are a huge fan of that of that deal. <laughs> uh, what was it? They they I mean just in the you know it, it's 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 one of those things where like the smartest teams make huge errors like. You know, Beltron obviously you know was a a big whiff for them, but like, you know, they this is the same team that DFA'd uh, JD Martinez a few years ago. Yeah. Um, that you know gave up on uh you know several players who who ended up turning into excellent you know excellent players, guys that um you know and and also you know had two straight uh you know, drafts where they took pitchers that completely didn't pan out, which, you know, that's what pitching prospects do. Obviously, that's not necessarily that they completely whiffed, but um, only only to say that, you know, they had, you know, Mark Appel and Brady Aiken, the number one overall picks back-to-back years. You know, neither one worked out whatsoever. Um, and you know, I believe Aiken didn't even sign and and no that um, was one because when the thing came up with the oregon state pitcher with the arm injury who was what's his name um Um, but that's how i mean that's how they ended up getting bregman um (laughs) (laughs) worked out okay right um but you know so this you know it's sort of it's sort of a 
a mixed bag, obviously. Um, but it's almost like baseball is super hard. And <laughs> it's it it's is a little bit difficult. Predicting but, it is really difficult. You know, and, uh, yeah, but and and sort of you know it's neat to watch this. You know, in in a vacuum, it's neat to watch this cool strategy, this sort of untested strategy, work out and sort of shift the way that uh, teams are thinking and teams are approaching stuff. Uh, as a Mariners fan, it's fury infuriating. Yeah. Uh, well, it's 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 very frustrating to see like mm-hmm. um, other teams be able to develop their blue chip talent because we are just so far from that. You know, we're so far from seeing Kyle Lewis, maybe not Nick Nider as much, although uh, I know that there are debates about whether yeah. or not he's a blue chip talent. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd know, give him like a light green chip. A light, a mint green chip. Maybe yeah, could he yeah. have mint green? Uh, uh, he is taking a huge step forward this year. For and sure. I'm really, really uh, yeah. pretty excited about him. And I just think like, you see so much improvement on the farm. I really do mm. think that it's uh, they're getting the as we've talked about before. They're getting these mid tier guys to their talent ceilings. Yeah. So imagine what they can do when they have some uh, preternaturally talented guys. And and that's and we're we're going to talk about the AFL in a sec. But um, I that's what I'm most excited for next year. I mean, obviously, I'm excited to watch. You know, especially if they make some major off-season moves, mm-hmm. you know, and, and add some players. You know, I'm excited to watch the Major League team, but I I think, and I'm curious if you have felt this way. I would imagine you have to some degree. You know, the team has, it, it has been frustrating because there is some top-tier talent in the organization uh, you know, in the Mariners organization, and especially at, you know after the draft this year, it's like, okay, Evan White, you know, Sam Carlson, w- Sam, you know, Sam Carlson, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have interesting players, um, maybe not, you know, White. I think people, are, you know, it's sort of uncertain because he's a little scrawny, and it's <laughs> like, you know, if you're most notable skill is you're an incredible defensive first baseman. It's hard to say, but you know he shows up. He hits really well in you know short season A ball for two weeks, and you know I'm trying to plan out. Okay, when can I go to an Aqua Sox game? I want to watch this guy. I want to talk, and he's hurt and just doesn't play. You know, so right. it's like, you know Kyle Lewis is like, oh, you know I'm so excited. You know this has been an awesome player and and really is someone that you know you can you could envision roaming around the outfield for for years and years and years and he's being played really cautiously with to make sure he's yeah. you know so it's like this whole season was and carlson too we didn't get to see yeah. any of him either we, he, had, yeah, he threw like what three innings three in innings arizona and then yeah. it's just been and i understand yeah this is this is the this is how we want them to progress with these we want right. them to be careful like yeah um, but it, it does not <laughs> – it makes something that's already far off feel yeah. even further away. Exactly. And, and so, you know, it's, it's sort of one of those situations where, you know, we've seen, as you said, you know, those mid-tier guys maxed out on their talent. You know, guys like Bishop, uh, you know, Braden Bishop. Um, guys Who like just missed the cut to be one of Baseball America's top 20 – prospects in the Cal league like yeah. it is it has been very gratifying to see <laughs> people 
jump on the Braden Bishop. Like, I think a lot of people were, you can't deny his talent with the glove in center field. Like, he is an elite defender. Mm -hmm. Um, But this year, a lot of people started to really buy in after the swing changes, after he was able to post those numbers, not just across the Cal League, but at Arkansas as well. Yeah. Um, the Texas League, I mean, those those pitchers are no joke, you know? Like, he was mm-hmm. hitting against Walker Bueller, who's one of the top prospects in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's, been really yeah. exciting. It's it's nice to see. And, and, and it's nice to see sort of folks who – or players who, you know, maybe you're not going to be – you know, th- there's, you know, there's a difference between, you know, huge impact players and guys who you know maybe they are part of you know they aren't part of you know any franchises like centerpiece plans but you're still got you you still there's an mlb player in this and and that's still interesting to to track um and so got you know watching guys like that emerge and you know with uh in modesto there are you know you're seeing relievers like uh you know matt festa and art warren and even you know wyatt mills who they just drafted yeah who's uh, in um according per his instagram is is in uh peoria right now so they're starting to assemble the squad i don't know what because the mariners obviously aren't doing instructionals um yeah so Um, i don't know what everybody is doing down there but i do know because i see instagram posts from like they're at phoenix suns game i'm like okay Mm. you're there you're there (laughs) why like trying to you know i've got this board and i'm trying to map out why everyone (laughs) might be in the same place absolutely um but you know it's a situation where you know we've had essentially two years of not really having front end talent that we can watch and that we can follow, yeah. um, you know, cause it just, it just, you know, la- the last year, I think I, I want to say Alex Jackson was the top prospect, uh, I guess like in, during the 2016 season. Um, and he, you know, had a <laughs> big step up back there and DJ Peterson was also right. Up there. And exactly. both are no longer in the organization. Right. Man, and, being and a first round pick counts for a lot. Yes, yes it does. Um, you know, and so it's it's been exciting to watch these sort of mid-tier guys, um, you know, take steps forward, partially because you know you you need those kind of guys to fill out MLB rosters. Um, you know, you need you know your your corner outfielders, you know, your guys who are going to be one you know one and a half two win players, and and you know provide you with the depth to sustain if one of your main guys goes down or, you know, provide a little bit extra, uh, you know, so that you don't just have to rely on stars like the Mariners have, you know, in 2016 and 2014. You know, you want a You need some, like, Derek Fishers, right? Do you think Derek Fisher is a fair, like, Derek uh, Fisher is some damn, yeah, he is some damn good depth. Absolutely. Uh, like, um, he could start a lot of other places, mm-hmm. but he, uh, in Houston, he is some damn good depth. Exactly. And yeah. and so I'm so looking forward to next year and seeing, hopefully, uh, not only just 
baseball played by guys like White and Lewis and Carlson, although Carlson's going to be, like, still 18, I think, when he's pitching next year. So, you know, he's a ways away. But, you know, seeing more from Neidert and, you know, seeing, you know, hopefully, like, Andrew Moore get more time in Tacoma um, and seeing Max Posey get more time to develop, you know, just getting the sense of, okay, you know, we've, we've had essentially a year of, well, these guys are doing something interesting, but there's just, there's, it's very difficult to see them becoming the next core of a team, but, you know, they can be the, you know, they can be the glue of a team, if you will. Um, So seeing those, I guess, potential future core guys get to play and, and hopefully, see the same types of developments uh that we've seen you know the, you know the the floors raised uh, uh you know on on some of these guys to see that then from the guys whose ceilings are so high uh that's that's what i want to to see and what i'm looking forward to and and why i'm enjoying you know even just the little bits of action that we're getting in the afl now for sure uh it is definitely fun to see kyle lewis bust into an afl game and make Mm -hmm. get a ton of hits and um Mm. he and bishop actually sort of said oh well we because they (laughs) both had great games right they both had i think between the two of them they had like three doubles six for eight three doubles and i think a walk each and that was with lewis leading off and bishop hitting ninth so they were kind of back to backing it uh, and they said, you know, oh, we we feed off of each other, we play off of each other. <laughs> uh, that w- I was like, oh wow, two Mariners prospects getting their own ML- MILB pipeline article written about them. That's that's exciting. And you know, since there's no more Tyler O'Neill, he was the thing that we had to be excited about last year. And I think there are still a lot of fans who are mad um, about that trade. My mom, who doesn't even follow baseball that closely, is mad we <laughs> gave up Tyler O'Neill because she got invested <laughs> in him in a very short time. Um, so we need some, we just, we need some fun things to be excited about, uh, and that is why I find myself with limited patience for people who want to like throw a lot of water on the Eric Fulia excitement. Because yeah, okay, he's older. Um, he's one of those maybe limited ceiling guys. It's hard to envision what kind of an MLB role he could have. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's out there just hitting and hitting and hitting. He's mm. leading the the AFL in hitting. And, you know, let's just let's take a moment and be, exci- be excited about it. We have so little else to be excited about. Be excited about it. Be excited about it with expectations in check, but be excited about it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, for, for Philia, you know, I, I think I can see him certainly if, if he continues doing this, like he can have a platoon role, um, you know, if, if you, especially if he can show that he can play first base, um, which he is apparently you know. doing quite a nice job of, has made yeah. some nice picks at first, yeah. which is pretty so. impressive for somebody who <laughs> I think think had made like single digit starts at first base yeah. before um you know and so it's it's you know if if you essentially are you know you have a a, a skill set that looks like danny valencia mm-hmm. or you know a, a, i don't know i mean trumbo is a very different 
comparison because Trumbo has power Massive on power, power on yeah. power. Um, but you know, if you if you can if you can see a little more power develop from Felia, um, and if you can see him just continue to hit, then you know it, you know that's not necessarily a guy that's like, oh, he's going to you know also be a huge development for the Mariners, but it's hey, we found a guy who can be have a positive impact, you know, at the at the higher levels of the system and even at the major league level in what was it, like the twenty seventh round? Something twenty fourth, you know, I think. Twenty fourth round. Yeah. yeah. And 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 so that's that's neat to see. Um and, and hopefully that can continue. Um and I'm excited to see him. Uh you know, I think we both were sort of annoyed that they didn't give him a shot in arkansas in AA, this year. yeah absolutely um but, but he had the twins yeah so i think that that might have been like just a uh there's one month left to play of the season you're going through the championships mm-hmm. um i just got an at bat notification that mariners have outrighted ryan garten to triple a tacoma so <laughs> i not I, astonishing, I guess. I guess. I mean, I thought he was a free agent. This no, we, he's, no, he's, no, uh, that's he's right. got we, arm for a while. We, yeah, because we traded some actual uh, stuff for him and well, Marjima. Was him and Marjima for Mishevitz uh, and Renhifo, Luis Renhifo. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who uh, is you know Renhifo is a glove first shortstop. Mishevitz is actually promising and the biscuit that he got promoted to triple a so if he pans out for uh for the rays i'll feel pretty upset that we well i don't know i mean i i am a big believer in mike marjama so i can't be too mad about it garten however is (laughs) he's weird he's he's got way higher strikeout numbers in the minors than i either thought or makes any sense to me uh but hasn't quite seen it translate to the majors yet, so you know perhaps perhaps that can be built on. But yeah, they you know he's he's the kind of guy you want in AAA as relief depth. Mm-hmm. You know him him like Evan Marshall guys like that who throw reasonably hard and have some you know some secondary stuff you can call up they'll be okay you know and they've you know they're churning out relievers in the lower levels so yeah um you know hopefully hopefully that can hopefully that we get to continue. keep all of them if they trade art warren i'll be real mad <laughs> real mad well so i we i think we're we're going to try and look into this in a little more depth on the site but i i'm since we're talking about the the pitching depth or, or well, or lack thereof, but but you, there's a p- there's pitching depth in a sense in that there are a lot of decent relievers, and and I th- maybe I'm higher on the the relief or, or the relievers in the bullpen than you are, um, but I, when I look at the Mariners bullpen, what it you know what it could be or should be next year, I th- I think it's going to be a strength. You know, it was supposed to be. You know, ideally it was going to be a strength for them this year, and I think in a sense it was, but just because the rotation was so appalling, they you know their numbers are dragged down because 
they were overused. Everyone was asked to do stuff that they probably shouldn't have been doing. Right. Casey Lawrence did not need to be a long reliever. Casey Lawrence was great in one inning bursts. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I think DePoto tried to make him be Wade LeBlanc because he also came from being DFA'd by the Blue Jays. So Mm. uh, tried to make him be Wade LeBlanc. He could not be Wade LeBlanc. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Cubs claim Hanuman back off waivers from Mariners. Oh, oh. oh. Connor's going to be Pour so one upset. out for Connor, yeah. Pour one out for Connor. And DFA Mike Freeman to do so. Oh, this just <laughs> it's such a wheel. So we're getting into <laughs> things getting weird. Uh, that oh. is too bad because Hanuman, I thought, had some uh, real interesting... Well, he's he's he looks like a baseball player. He and, does that. But he when he swings a baseball bat, he doesn't look like a baseball player all no, that much. No, his swing sucks. Yeah. Which makes sense because he lost two years of development. Um, I think Jerry has decided that the new uh, market <laughs> inefficiency is Mormons. Mormons and he's, oh. <laughs> yeah, because Mormons he's got, and and. Former Playboy Mansion employees. Yes. <laughs> just toss them together and <laughs> make a, make a <laughs> They'll fun They'll all learn gum, from each other. Gumbo. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Adam Law and... Adam Law, uh, who, who is not a Playboy uh, Mansion No. He's a Mormon. He's, uh, he's a Mormon who did his uh, mission work in, I want to say Zimbabwe. Something interesting like that. Interesting uh, cat, Adam Law. Also sang the national anthem before one of the Travelers games this year. Mm-hmm. Very multifaceted. Ge- we are we are also collecting incredibly interesting relievers like Ralston Cash in Double A, mm-hmm. uh, DFA'd by the Dodgers. Also a very very interesting human. So I mean I guess it, it, in light of them actually being good players, we're just getting the most interesting life experiences we can <laughs> best motivational speaks speakers ever yeah um yeah that's weird because i thought that hanneman especially because they gave him so much playing time towards the end of the year and over yeah. ian miller who i thought deserved a shot yeah. uh, and at least could have helped us out on the bases that yeah. was it was i mean that whole thing was bizarre i i still have not seen any reasonable explanation behind why Guillermo was playing and yeah. why if Guillermo really was so like because you know it's like if if it's I don't know if it's like Cruz or Cano like like you know last year I guess in 2016 like Nelson Cruz was playing with whatever it was back spasms or something you know and it was like well he's got like a he got like a shot uh, of cortisone so that he could play more because it's in the middle of the playoff race and he's, uh, you know, he's such a crucial player. And it's like, Guillermo is playing poorly. <laughs> he's obviously impacted by this. And, you know, we have other outfielders. You know, the, I, I don't, I don't get that one at all. And, uh, you know, it's not like the end of the world that, you know they they traded Leonis. You know, and I'm happy that Leonis got to play. You know, in the playoffs and whatnot. even though he but rubbed that in our faces a little with an Instagram eh, it's post, fine. Yeah. it's fine. <laughs> He's, I mean, he got he got DFA'd twice and sent down to the minors twice. Uh, oh no, I am you know, t- <laughs> team fine. Leonis forever. Uh, uh, but 
it's you know it's it's i think that what you have to do is you have to look at it from a common sense point of view like the mariners knew they were out of it right at some point there while they yeah they theoretically should have also known guillermo was hurt he is your one of your assets you have hanneman there like why not it doesn't make any sense from a managerial (laughs) perspective perspective and so yes. that's what leads me to believe that the, there wasn't a c- clear communication either Guillermo was masking the injury or uh, something wasn't right with that um, because it, it just was, doesn't make yeah. it doesn't make it doesn't make common sense to run an injured player out in a fruitless playoff like that's just not good human management and i've seen better human management in other aspects of the organization so something's not squaring it's it was odd um yeah i i guess i'm i'm curious in terms of the the uh, you know and i think we'll talk about this over the upcoming months but they've assembled this fleet of at least passable relievers and in the lower levels guys who look like they could be you know pretty legit relievers um you know and and we've heard jerry say you know they're going with the pitching wolf pack mentality um and so you know i'm just i'm very curious about how that all is going to play out and and if they are going to really try and do something dramatic um, because I think there's a potential for that. You know, you have a team with several pitchers who have talent but in either have injury issues uh, like Felix and Paxton or or a history of injury issues uh, like Felix and Paxton or uh, are guys who have had effectiveness through the first and maybe the second time through mm-hmm. the order, but definitely have hit the wall a lot well, <laughs> uh, the third, third time, time through, through the, the order. order. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, which I think Marco is Gonzalez you know true around baseball. Is a baseball. good example of that. Exactly, and I think Erasmo is a is Erasmo, a similar yep. type of pitcher. Yep. Um, Posey, I think, projects to be that type of guy as well. You know, I mean, Moore also probably has some of that. Um, just guys, guys who, you know, if you don't have wipeout, strikeout stuff, you know, you're going to often be fine the first couple times through. But if you're not making people, you know, s- s- corkscrew, you know, uh, Bugs Bunny spin occasionally, <laughs> then you know, the third time through, I, I mean, guys just get more comfortable. I'm not, I'm not saying this in like a, well, you know, that's just that's just how the game is you know like we see it you know you can see it in number you know in in yeah. the the jumps in wrc plus the, the third time through the no order one and other than paxton in the mariners pitching staff period is mm-hmm. intimidating except maybe edwin diaz right he's got right. scary stuff paxton has yeah. scary stuff but james pazos actually would be my least favorite person to face because i <laughs> <laughs> paxton i trust to throw strikes and not hit me yeah um pazos has so much run on his fastball that 
everything might kill me. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah. even that is different than like going into the no, mindset of like a guy that's wild. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I think de- uh, downgrades Diaz's intimidation factors like yeah right. when he's on he's on and mm-hmm. when he's not it's you just know that you can go up there and maybe stand up there and take a walk so mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's uh they they're i think i think your your point there is exactly exactly in line is you know they have to they're going to have to do something slightly similar to what they did last year in that they were using a lot of guys but i think if you if they have even a modicum of health uh they have the opportunity to do it in a way that they're in control of and that you know guys aren't just having to constantly be shuttled because of things that are out outside of their control i think you can have a situation where we know okay tonight you know Felix we've got Felix slotted for two times through the order and whether that's four innings or whether that's six innings or whether that's you know somewhere in there you know and then we've got Emilio for two innings and then we've got so and so you know you can plan for guys to do that and then you know have a consistent you know sort of rotation of as as jerry has talked about you know the last two guys on the end of the bullpen that can be a sort of rotation of maybe six players uh so that you know you're you're you've got two guys uh you know coming up um you know one guy comes up you know maybe it's it's ryan garton that day and he's there he's ready you know you have Tacoma right there. Like it's, it, there are worse drives that you'd make for a single game. You know, I've, I've done, a, you know, had a game one day in Olympia and then had a different game another day, you know, or uh, that same day later up in Linwood, you know, like guys make these kind of drives all the, all throughout baseball, uh, you know, in their careers. And so I think there's a way to make it work, but, it has to be something that everyone's on board with and they're a little bit out in front of yeah. and not having to be constantly on their heels about. And that's a fine line. And in some ways, that is that is the mentality that you have to... And that's what they started doing in Tacoma this year was they were like, okay, none of you are starting pitchers anymore. All of you are long relievers. Everybody's a long reliever. Get to know, get to embrace your new identity as a long reliever um and i think that even though that's where the game is going that's hard for guys it's hard when you have spent you know 10 years of your life or more thinking of yourself in this certain Mm -hmm. way um it's hard when you know how starting pitchers get paid compared to how relievers get paid you know even davinsky says well i want to be a starter again um he is pitching mm-hmm. as a long reliever like he wants to earn his way back into the rotation. Right. Uh, and has said that that's, you know, a goal of his. Uh, I don't know where he's at now. Those comments were a while ago. Um, maybe yeah. he's embracing. But until they pay the Davinsky role commensurately with the starting pitching role, or even mm-hmm. just 
on the same even something in the neighborhood um you're not gonna have guys who want to do it and i i don't know you've i think you've got to start with younger guys um who are just hungry to get out there and want to want that role or guys who know that maybe they don't have great effectiveness as a starter three times through and two times through sounds really good to them and i think i think erasmo might be that guy a little bit um it's less mm -hmm. pressure yeah. um and so you can just you can go you know erasmo just seems to have that personality type where uh he's light he's happy he wants to go out there and do well but maybe is able to recognize that his stuff plays up well against certain teams was it the astros that he just looked dominant yeah he had like the weird <laughs> there was like a stretch of weird starts that the Mariners had against the Astros that were all really good yeah but they Andrew Moore couldn't... had a good start against the yeah, Astros yeah but they, like, yeah. they couldn't hit that whole series no they were so horrible <laughs> they could have won any of those games yeah. and uh, ah. yeah that was be that good was all so at once you you assholes. don't <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna call them doofuses uh, but okay well, yeah that's, I'm, that's I'm fair coming out swinging <laughs> uh. uh yeah i mean just and knowing too like erasmo was throwing a ton of change-ups mm -hmm. and sinkers cutters what's he throwing uh he throws them all i i remember i listened to the game but i didn't watch it i was um, at the game and i kept looking up at the board to see because he <laughs> induced he induced some really ugly swings um and you know it's, he's such it, a funny dude <laughs> He was having the time of his life too. He was so delighted with himself yeah. on the mound. Oh, because that was a game. He was so bummed he gave up the homer, he right? Was like he finally, bummed. he was just yeah. distraught. Uh, uh, I happened to have really. I, my friend Carl had like company tickets, so I got to sit like really, really close, like just four or five rows back. And it's amazing what you can see on guys' faces, uh -huh. uh, and you know, with the body language and everything. And Erasmo was just—he was having the best time <laughs> uh, and he was he was getting so many ugly swings and misses on so it was just yeah. that's an there example it where yeah, it was a really good matchup yeah. and maybe if they'd had someone else who could plug in after that he wouldn't have been stretched to yeah the point where he had to give up the homer but also yeah. as you said hit be be good all at once doofuses please yeah uh, yeah i mean the uh, i want to say because we saw last year, like, it's it's a really difficult thing to constantly shuffle guys if you're if you're only doing so because someone was ineffective or someone got hurt. Yeah. Um, but if they really, you know, if you, I I think I think it's fair to say that a lot of guys who are decent pitchers in triple a or in double a can can work an inning or two um in the majors and and can be all right um but that's it's just it's a really difficult strategy to to make work um because one you know you're essentially you're putting your neck out there if you're a GM and a coach in, in saying, all right, we, you know, we're just going to recognize that our starting pitchers aren't 
going to do what starting pitchers have done for 150 yeah. years. Uh, you know, they're going to do in, I mean, we've, we've seen it, you know, in part elsewhere. And, you know, like Davinsky, you mentioned as an example of this is not something guys want to do. They want, you know, they want their names to have SP next to them because mm-hmm. SPs get paid much more than R than RPs. And, uh, you know, you, get neat stats and you get wins which i realize are pointless With, but translate but into arbitration dollars exactly. if you are not at the point where you're getting a huge uh that huge contract right. which you get from having sp next to your name exactly the and r- so yeah i mean exa- it, it 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 not only just pride-wise matters, but it legitimately translates into how much money you make, and you know, there's there's just like we talked about earlier on with the Astros, like, their ability to control guys' salaries, uh, you know, and control their better players' salaries is the main reason why they've been able to be successful. This is something that you know, that's that's done in a way that, you know, is sort of systemic, and you know, well, that's the rules of the league, and everyone knows it, and you can be a little frustrated about it, but it's, you know, you're not going to change everything necessarily. This is one team going out and potentially saying, hey, we're going to do this strategy that might work and might make us a better team, but it's probably going to take money out of most of y'all's pockets, uh, and you need a lot of buy-in. You need a lot of people to buy in if, if that's the type of road they're going down. Um, and so I'm interested. I'm into it. I think that there's going to be a time in the next 10 years where we're going to have essentially a, a team that pitches every pitcher goes no more than two innings. Um, and it's going to be very weird and also kind of infuriating uh, unless the rules change about number of pitching changes you can do. Yeah. Um, but you know, that it might be what it might be what the Mariners need, because if you have a bunch of guys who can't stay healthy to pitch 180 innings or aren't good enough that you want them pitching 180 of your <laughs> limited innings. And if the uh, ball continues to fly like the ball right. flew this year, which I have not been huge on the the ball is juiced but mm. looking at the cumulative numbers i mean maybe it'll even out next year if these same home run numbers hold up for next year mm. uh i i think i'll jump on the the ball is juice train yeah because uh i know mlb cares a lot about growing the game and they think that the way to do that is with tons of offense mm. which sucks for those of us who really love <laughs> pitching right yeah. Yeah, um, and it's you know I mean it was you know because you had the swing of everyone's just striking out all the time. Holy shit! Like yeah. oh my god, which was you know 2010 to 2014, um, and now everyone's still striking out a bunch because pitchers are still good and whatnot. But uh, you know, and maybe they could have said, well, we'll lower the mound or something. You know, I I. I would be interested to see uh, alternate proposals to sort of even out and, and get the ball in play more, but you know, 
Baseball I'm players are huge and strong now, <laughs> and if they make contact, it's going to go further. Yeah, I mean, uh, now we have, like, 10-year-olds drinking protein shakes, on, <laughs> right? Like, 10-year-olds yep. are, like, spirulina, yes. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to, I don't know what you ate when you were 10, but uh, and I was not a, a, an elite athlete, but, uh, yeah, I ate, like, Cheez-Its and high C's and a lot of other hyphenated foods. If a food is hyphenated, it is probably not good for you. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so we are, I mean, we're, we're growing people bigger and stronger and mm -hmm. getting better nutrition into them sooner and getting better training into them sooner. Uh, Driveline is encouraging guys to take a gap year and just work on their stuff. I was thinking about this the other day and the difference between college players and high school players and um, how quickly high school players seem to come along once they get into professional baseball versus college players who you would assume have an edge because they've been playing for so long at such a high level. But just think of how many different ways your attention is divided in college. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas if you're plucked out of high school and you're like, you're a baseball player now and that's <laughs> all you are and that's all you do, uh, it just narrows your world down really quickly, which I think is, mm. has both positive and negative effects. Um, I like a world where all baseball players have to go to college. I just think that that's better for people in general. Um, although then that raises a lot of questions about international signings and sets sure. up kind of a weird dynamic there but um yeah i mean we're getting we're getting guys younger than ever before and molding them into baseball players from very early on which can kind of overlap with this idea of if your identity is an identity of starting pitcher uh mm. it's really hard it's threatening to have to give up a piece of that identity so Unfortunately, I think you get more buy-in to the Wolfpack mentality with guys like Brian Garten mm -hmm. than you do with guys like David Price, who yeah. was weirdly being used as a reliever in Boston. That was weird, right? A lot of things, a lot of, a lot of weird stuff with Boston. <laughs> a lot of weird stuff with Boston down the stretch there. Yeah. Um, just a weird, that's a weird, that seems like a weird toxic place to me. I, uh, I don't. Yeah, I when I looked at their roster coming in this year, I thought, oh, oh crap, God, yeah, like yeah. they're going to shred everyone, and they should have shredded everyone. They yeah, it, it just it was very peculiar how unshreddy yeah. their offense. I mean, was. you know, especially considering Chris Sale was better than anyone like expected. Like he's so yeah. stupid good. He is so. Stupidly good. So, are you 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 are you right-handed or left-handed? Lefty, you know that. Okay, that's what I thought. But but when you step in the box, you're a lefty as well. Yeah. When you're a hitter. Yes. Yes. Okay. All those times I step in the box. Yes. I, that's what I'm asking. Where about. I'm extremely comfortable and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Lefty. Well, so. Uh, who is your nightmare like? person to hit against are you kidding me like they're all nightmares well uh, yeah but like the the nightiest the, <laughs> the, nightiest the midnight mare the midnight mare who would i be most afraid of facing yeah. um 
honestly, I think I would be most afraid. Like, my colors would just make me look so dumb. They would make me look <laughs> so dumb and bad because the I would curve. just flail. I, I think uh-huh. the deception. Um, but no, I mean, say, I can't imagine anything more terrifying than having to face Chris Sale. And yeah. just. He has been just like the most horrifying thing I could imagine facing this side of Randy Johnson, which, you know, he's essentially oh. like, he's about 90% of Randy Johnson. You know, it's like if you shrunk Randy Johnson a little. <laughs> Just like put him in the dryer for a couple seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, congrats. You have still the insane slider, still the really hard, but not quite a hundred mile per hour fastball, still the arm slot where, Oh, it's coming out at your like it's it's coming out just a little bit behind your butt that's where he's <laughs> releasing the ball awesome uh yeah you know oh god but i mean to to the red sox i mean you know so they they fired john farrell um, yes yes this is this is moving us into a new topic talking about uh <laughs> let's, let's talk manager the, decisions yes um which is i think Sure, understandable. I mean, I don't follow Boston media goings on as much as as I think probably much of the baseball world because he, we're not on the East Coast out here. But it seemed like he was, you know, the team was underperforming, and usually when the team underperforms once or twice in a row, then the manager gets fired. Um, and I guess sure, John Farrell had to go. Um, but you know, it's also the team that was what they won ninety three games, ninety four games, um, and uh, you know they won their they won their division. They uh, yeah, ninety three and sixty nine. Um, nice, nice, thank you. Uh, (laughs) was gonna give you the shot first crack at that. Um. Made you know made the playoffs were reasonably competitive against an ungodly Houston team, yep. um, and you know the they that was it that wasn't enough um, you know and then Girardi gets fired today uh, for leading a team that m- I think a lot of people didn't pick to even be a playoff team no. this year. You know, they it was like, oh, they're going to be a problem and they're going to be streaky and they're going to be a huge problem next year and for the next several years. Right. But this year, like, because no one expected Aaron Judge, uh, you know, it was like, oh, wow, the, he made, you know, that team became the fourth best team in the American League and, like, near might have been better than Boston, but just had... Uh, you know, was right around it. Bye. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, it's it's just it's fascinating to see three teams with Dusty Baker as well being fired that were had strong seasons, you know, consecutive strong seasons, and firing their manager. So weird. Uh, so weird. Yeah. And like various other coaching staff members too, like uh, you know, yeah. hitting coaches moving around and pitching coaches yeah. moving around, and 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it I is, mean the Met was uh, the Mets fired their coach, but like the Mets were also terrible. Yeah. But uh, I yeah. mean, yeah. with something like Dusty Baker, I feel like it's a sacrificial move. I don't agree with it, but okay. Well, here's a team that has for several years, yeah, not risen to their potential. What can we possibly do? Mm. Um, I mean, you could have fixed your bullpen earlier <laughs> in the year. That's a choice you could have made. Mm-hmm. Um, but so out goes Dusty because the, the the there will be blood. Yep. The, the gods demand their sacrifice. The media gods, I guess. Um, it's just a way to say like, hey, we're doing something. We see there's a problem, so we're gonna make this move because it's easier to make a move and get criticized later than to not make a move and immediately get criticized. What what do you think Joe Girardi's worst season was as a manager? I don't know. What was it? I mean, are you just going off the numbers? or? Well, you could say it was 2016, which was where they finished fourth in the AL East because the AL East was really freaking good. Uh, and that was when he went 84 and 78. That's, I mean, you know, obviously like Yankees, yeah. Also the headlines around Girardi are really weird because they're like, Joe Girardi, too smart for his own good. Joe Girardi, the thing that made him good is actually his downfall. Like, (laughs) what? Like, Joe Girardi lacking the human touch, like. What is this narrative? It's the mm-hmm. weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like, it's almost like we are inventing excuses for him to not be good at uh. his job. Just and I, I mean, I'm not any huge Girardi fan, but whenever I saw him speak, he seemed to me like a guy who was mostly a straight shooter. Yeah. Uh, you know, re- real seemed to say real things. Uh, yeah. It was just weird that this. Joe Girardi's a robot narrative developed. Yeah. Hey, the Yankees haven't had a losing season in my lifetime. That's a bummer. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dusty Baker, John Farrell, and Joe Girardi were combined 76 games above 500. All led their teams to the so- postseason and all yeah. lost their jobs. Yeah, screw working back east. Uh, <laughs> if I was a manager in the AL East, the NL East, whatever, one of those major media markets, and I lost my job, I would be running for Seattle. Actually, Dusty Baker sent Seattle, uh, hey, would you maybe be interested in hiring me? Yeah. Uh, and never heard back from us, which I am shocked. Do we about. remember when that was? Because was that. It was before they hired Service. It was after uh, they fired McClellan. Okay. So he inquired about it back then, um, which is upsetting to me. Yeah. Um, so. I, I mean, I have a mix, mixed emotions about Dusty because my initial impression on him is. Ah, Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood, uh, you know, pitcher, you know, the Giants sort of starters of, you know, Jason Schmidt and and Kane and guys getting sort of ground down by overuse. But, you know, and 
I don't know that that was, you know, whether it's just been in situations where he's been on, he's been the manager for teams that have had really dominant starting pitchers, you know, because the Nationals, again, were a team, it wasn't like the starters were overused, like they were their best pitchers, they, and they were all really good, you know. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know about that, but you know, certainly he's a guy I like. Um, you know, I enjoy, I've enjoyed watching him you know as as a coach um but i i think you know sort of to, to tie it around to um the mariners in a uh in a you know does this have any impact or does this you know necessarily how 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 do we re you know what's the read we get on this uh for the mariners what you know do, is there a situation you know, do you think any of these have an impact on the Mariners' current coaching staff uh, as it stands? Mm, alas, I do not think so, which uh-huh. I'm not 100% sold on Scott's service. No. Um, I, I, I would consider myself not 60% sold on Scott's service. Yeah. I, <laughs> in-game in manager Scott service, I have seen essentially you know i i don't think he's a complete dope but he has not done anything to make me confident in in him as as an in-game uh tactician and last year was not a great barometer because for a lot of the situations the mariners weren't really a team that allowed for tactics because it was okay this is the guy who hasn't thrown three innings in the last three games so he's pitching next you know or okay everyone you know chad uh you know uh evan marshall's uh arm or hamstring exploded and gene machi just broke his like busted his finger so whoever else is in the bullpen is in now like you know it's it's whatever, but I I'm worried Scott Brocious becomes a candidate uh, for the Yankees. Uh, although it would be kind of weird, considering they essentially would just be replacing uh, their catcher from the mid '90s uh, and late '90s with their third baseman from the mid and late '90s. Uh, but uh, you know that other other than that, I, d- I don't. I mean, maybe Acta is a con- in consideration for the Yankees job. I feel like I saw that he's not, but I, I don't mm, know that for sure. It feels like Acta is uh, viewed as a retread. Um, when he didn't get the Mets is, job, I sort of looked yeah. at a lot of what Mets fans were saying, and I was very surprised to find that the primary emotion was relief, which I was like, but. Well, he he had he had a very poor managerial career. Like he he had a crap team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he had some real crap teams to be in charge mm-hmm. of there, and I think he actually did some good things. And then that's also I know that uh, the Dominican League Leadum isn't exactly on the same level, but he stepped in when the Aguilas mm-hmm. last year were struggling and had lost a bunch of games and he turned that Mm -hmm. whole season around Mm -hmm. i mean maybe he didn't personally but when he got there things started going very differently and they wound up you know in the championship so yeah 
I just feel like it's a it's a weird perception. Um, yeah. And given how few managers of color there are, mm. I think it's sometimes kind of a bad look to yeah. cast too many aspersions on. Yeah, it, it's hard for me not to feel a little bit of a weird echo when people are busy complaining about ACTA, for mm. example. Um, yeah. I, and personally, I would be pretty thrilled if ACTA saw himself promoted to the Mariners <laughs> main you know, manager. Um, and, you know, service doesn't have to get tossed but you know put him somewhere in a you know front office role or yeah. in a like so here's you know, the thing that i think with me like i think that the role of a manager is stupid because you're a figurehead for everything mm. that's going on joe mm -hmm. girardi is obviously not a problem and for mm -hmm. the Yankees, i mean the yankees didn't have a problem but they felt like there was they had there was like that people. one time where like Chapman liked something on Instagram about yeah. Girardi getting fired, yeah. which is like, I, eh, but I mean that that whole thing is <laughs> a is a, and then there's the controversy about appealing the check swing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was him, right? Appealing the yes. Check swing. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Yeah, he he had some weird stuff, but. Yeah. It, it, sorry, you were, you were explaining sort of your Figurehead, figurehead. Yeah. So, managers are figureheads. If you look at Scott's service in the dugout, if you watch what he does during a game, he is almost, he's very rarely on his own. He'll stand mm -hmm. on his own and watch the game, but then he'll turn and he'll talk to Brocious. He'll mm -hmm. turn and he'll talk to Bogar. He'll turn and he'll talk to Acta. He'll turn and he'll talk to Edgar. You see him talking to players, like, it feels to me like what is going on there is collaborative. It's not him just deciding to do things. He always seems to be in consult with his coaching staff. Um, so I think as far as like questioning his game decision making, I don't think that that's purely, uh, I don't think that's purely him. You see him talking to Mel too. Like that's not just him making yeah. the calls on who's coming in from the bullpen. Um, we do need a new bullpen coach, and I would be happy to see Lance Painter in that role, mm -hmm. but also want him to stay in Tacoma and continue developing arms down there and having a bigger voice in developing some of our players who need more development. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'll be interested to see who they put into that role, and I'm going to hope for some better communication there. I just wonder about Scott Service as a person because he is so <sighs> measured is a nice way to say mm -hmm. it and bland is I think the meaner way to say it. And I just wonder how that reflects how he interacts with a clubhouse that is kind of noisy, led by a lot of <laughs> Latins. Uh, led, led by a lot of the Latino players, you know, how is that, is he a good reflection of the team that's there? And I guess I just feel like I don't have enough information to answer this question, which is why I'm always kind of up in the air about service. 
Yeah, it, I I completely agree on your appraisal of the role of managers. And, you know, in there is a degree of in-game management, but as you said, the keys very. You know, I think I think it is a strength of his that he's cognizant of. I have a staff that has a lot of experience around me. I'm going to lean on them in different circumstances. Uh, but you know, I also. And, and I think his best asset has been that he is skilled at delegating, which maybe is damning with faint praise. But, <laughs> no, um, actually, and I will say this, as a manager myself, delegation mm-hmm. is like 85% of the job. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And, you know, like he he's he's very good. And, and I think DePoto does this well as well. Um which you know doesn't necessarily have to be uh, their best skill but is is something that they do well is communicating with the team communicating with the players um you know making sure that especially the sort of veterans on the roster have exactly have the guys who are there for a long time you know have input and have um you know sort of a connection to uh, the decisions that are being made and and sort of the process the reasoning behind the process yeah like jerry um, was saying at a uh, lookout landing night he yeah. and service called cano called seager called cruz about mm. valencia like do right. you want this guy he is a right. polarizing figure in a lot of clubhouses mm. are you okay mm. with us bringing him on and yeah um you know i know yeah. that we we do this a lot at lookout we something that we really work on is being collaborative and talking mm-hmm. through ideas with each other mm-hmm. and um, just making sure that what we're putting out represents all of us and yeah. represents the very best that we think that we can do at that yeah. moment. Um, and it's always better. More brains equals better, <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely. Um, and so, you know, I, I like that service is good at you know interacting with you know and and manage as far as we can tell is good at you know interacting and managing players and personalities and what is you know important um i don't you know it's tough to say that they there's a huge impact for the manager on much else (laughs) and so uh, if they're, you know, if a guy's having success and is is delivering good, uh, good, you know, good feedback from the players, then you know, I think that's as much as anything what you want to look for. Um, he is such a bland turtle <laughs> when he interacts with the media and when he interacts with us, and you know, I think you, you could see like he's got sort of a goofy, dry sense of humor, maybe, but like it is less satisfying especially you know it's less satisfying especially when the team is struggling you know when you just you want understandably as a fan to have sort of an avatar of what your feelings are of frustration a Um, lot of people really miss lloyd for that reason yeah and and i i completely get that um and i lloyd embodied the dormant rage inside every Mariners fan. <laughs> exactly. So perfectly. Um, and yeah. service is just so very Midwest. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, that particular 
facet doesn't bother me all that much because, you know, whether you're screaming a bunch about it, uh, you know, or not, the things are still happening. So if you're, you know, if your patience is, you know, able to translate to the players, then, and, and sort of the, you're doing the right process, we, you know, the results will come, you know, I, I, you know, and not being reactionary, I can appreciate that, but it, I, 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 it is, it is not as satisfying as watching Lloyd kick, uh, you know, kick and scream or lose. Throw a base. Chuck a base. No, that's, you know, that's fun. It is fun. Um, You know, and sometimes you need that. And just like it is, it is entertaining, like the times that service has gotten tossed have been so like oh oh did he just get tossed (laughs) (laughs) it's he waved his wrist he flicked his wrist (laughs) someone hold him back (laughs) it's so impossible to tell like what resting service space is versus uh, about to be tossed uh and you know i just i appreciate him um Milkis, one of our writers, once described him when we did the photo day this year uh, as your disappointed. Was this Milkis, I believe. What? Was it Milkis? Yeah, Milkis did this. Yeah. Um, it was the disappointed face of your dad before he goes out to crush some beers with his Coast Guard buddies. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> For some reason, that that feels yeah. right and true to me. Yeah. But the but the coast is uh, is lake su- or Lake Superior. Yeah. It's not it's not it's not an, an actual, actual ocean. <laughs> Don't get too crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I think we're 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 gonna wrap up pretty soon here. Uh, I I did want to get to one of our questions here because we we just wanted to have uh, a quick chat about this for you, but. Um, as we look forward to free agency and I think we're going to have a lot of stuff that you and I are both really excited about in the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll need to maybe talk off air about what, you know, whether we're waiting for projections or what we're, you know, some of the stuff, but a lot of, a lot of the the proposals and ideas that we have, uh, you know, I, I think we, we don't need to sit on too long for it uh, because I want, I want to, get out and it's hot stove it. season baby it is it is it, it is. is jacob hanneman's getting claimed yeah <laughs> mike oh, freeman's oh, dfa oh, oh. light light that shit <laughs> things are happening uh, uh but uh the question here comes from james roberts at junk ball pitchin <laughs> no g just the end uh nice how much will the new draft pick compensation for free agency uh affect the Mariners' presence in that market this offseason, and is this front office ready to spend? Oh, what a good question. Um, it is a very good question, and honestly, we could maybe build an entire podcast off of that, and I suspect we probably will be talking about that all all winter. Yeah. But, um, Kate, uh, do, do you want to do you want to sort of take your first swing at it? Yeah, my, my much, gut instinct is if anything regarding losing a draft pick – comes up it would have to be um a player who they feel like they can get who they like to fit their system and they feel like they can get on a pretty decent deal uh, but i don't i don't think jerry wants to surrender any draft picks right now 
not while he's oh. trying to restock the farm and build like build a legacy and i think it's also it'll be telling if we see any trades out of that but i don't i don't see kyle lewis or sam carlson or evan white going anywhere this off season either i just i think that we're trying to mm. build a new dynasty yeah i i I agree, and I think there are enough options that won't cost. Uh, yeah. Uh, that that you don't have to go after. You know, Arietta gonna get a qualifying offer. Uh, Alex and Wood, they wouldn't spend or not Alex anyway. Wood. Um, uh, Alex Cobb maybe gets a qualifying offer. Should get a qualifying yeah. offer, but just because I don't know if Tampa wants to spend is willing to risk him yeah. taking it. Yeah. <laughs> um, which he probably wouldn't because he'll probably just take a, a long-term deal. But still, uh, you know, that's uh, a, a danger. But the the new qualifying offer system, for, for those of you who are familiar with the old ones, or who, those of you who are not familiar with it at all, um, is, you know, essentially you off a team that has had a, a player for several years on their roster can offer a qualifying offer uh, for, to that free agent. Um, and that number changes every year based on uh, it's the mean salary of the league's top 125 players. Uh, so this year uh, it's going to be, uh, I believe, 18.1 million. Um, so a one-year it'd be a one-year contract for 18 million essentially. Um, and if the player, uh, if you sign a player that a qualifying offer was made to. Um, there's sort of three different tiers that you can fall in um, at, at that you'll have to pay some degree of compensation. Um, the Mariners will fall in the middle tier, which is a team that did not exceed the luxury tax threshold, but uh, contributes to revenue sharing, um, which means they're not sort of a tiny market, but they're not going ham. Um, and so they would forfeit their second highest draft pick, which would be the second round pick, um, and also forfeit $500,000 from next year's uh, international bonus pool, um, so for international amateurs. So essentially it would be 500000 away from international amateurs and their second round pick next year, which, as you said, I don't think they're, they're likely to do. Um, but that doesn't really preclude them from spending on a lot of guys. You know, you Darvish not going to cost a qualifying offer uh, because he was traded last during last season. Um, I'm not sure. I think Lance Lynn would uh, apply for a qualifying offer. I think uh, so. Since he's been with the Cardinals for forever. Um, Tyler Chatwood probably would as well. Um, who's the Rockies starter. Um, but uh there will there will be a few you know reasonable options out there uh that that the m's can go after if they don't want to give up a draft pick and in terms of spending uh what we saw from john stanton was that they are willing to add to the payroll from what it ended up being this year um and if we just assume they're cutting Iwakuma and Gallardo that means they'll probably plus the guys that are leaving in free agency that probably means they have about 25 million to spend um, 
so I could see them spending 25 to 30 million, um, which in that sense, yeah, I, th- I, you know, I think, I don't think they go Hog crazy, yeah. but yeah, but there's, um, there's absolutely, you know, I think probably you see another f- five to 10 million added on, especially if there's, there's a deal for someone that really, really fits. Um, cause I don't think you see them spend more money on the bullpen. Cause I don't think they really need that, um, which is a good place to be in. Uh, and they could either go after outfielder. You know, it, you know, it's really going to be up to them if they want to go big on starting pitcher and fill in little bits in the outfield and first base, or if they want to try and split it evenly, uh, which would be tougher. Um, and then you know, you're probably looking at. Uh, you know, a, a more m- meager option in, in starting pitching. But uh, I think as we talked about, you know, essentially trading for Mike Leak was signing Mike Leak yes. as a free agent um, for a three-year contract. So that that's, I think, a good st- a good place to start from. So we'll see. We're going to see some moves. We're, we're going to see some, some moves that maybe we can easily anticipate, and we're going to see some some four-dimensional <laughs> <laughs> thinking that maybe is too clever by half, but uh, I'm I'm so excited for it, and I know you are too, Kate. Yeah, it's not going to be, I think, the blowout, you know, transaction a day that we saw last season or mm. the season before. Um, as the roster comes more and more into line with uh, what I think DePoto visualizes for it, um, you know, we'll see as every year there's always shuffling in the bullpen. There obviously are these big needs yeah. elsewhere on this, but it's, I don't think it's going to be like, uh, you know, I literally sometimes could not keep up with the amount of minor league deals, shifting people around the trade, like it Every day waking up was a chore. <laughs> yeah. Like, what did you do today, Jerry? Um, yes. So I, I should know. It, uh, it will be calmer, I think. And that will make yeah. the moves, for better or for worse, the fewer moves that I think there are uh, stand out a little more sharply. Mm-hmm. Which would be good. Like, and if I, that Zepchinski deal gets done this year, I think that attracts a lot more flack than it did last year when yeah. it was and kind it, of overshadowed. It, it, got, it got some flack, but it, it was... It, it would it get some weird, real but... flack this oh, yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, I don't think the Mariners spend big at first base. I don't no. think they go for Hosmer or for Santana. I know they've been linked to both of them, but both of them will have qualifying offers. And uh, um, linked to Lorenzo Cain, who also will have a qualifying offer, who I also don't think no. makes a lot of sense for them. Um, and I uh, want Cameron Maben. No. <laughs> you don't want Cameron no, Maben? No, I don't want Cameron Maben. Oh. I mean, maybe. It would be satisfying to use him to torture. He's so fun. Uh, he's, he's fun. He's, 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 he's fun. He's fun. His defense doesn't grade out as well as you would think it does. I feel well, like we see Cameron Maven consistently <laughs> play his best games against us, but then I see him play so, against other teams, and I'm like, wait. I but I think he's sort of he's sort of one of those players where it's like he can play every outfield position fine, you know, like 
he's uh, you know sort of in that a, li- a little bit of step up from Gamble, but it's like if you oh, if we can't get Gerard Dyson back, okay. Like if we can't get Dyson or somebody mm-hmm. of that athletic mm-hmm. caliber, I would accept mm-hmm. Maiden as like a poor man's version of the athletic outfielder. But man, when I think about the outfield, I just think about wanting a bat out there, some I'm some sorry. steady, trustworthy bat. Well. Uh, you know who you want then. Who do I want? <laughs> your your best friend from Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, the man who terrorized. No. You. Oh no. <laughs> you don't want Melky. No. <laughs> the Milkman. Uh, I actually love that. I know. He's secretly not a bad defender either. Like he's sneakily Ooh. athletic out there. I don't know. Yeah, don't no, know I've that. seen him. He, he, it, I don't know if it was like just to torture me, but I felt like every time I watched Milky, he was making some catch. I was like, what are you doing? You're Milky Cabrera. Oh, I man. Think, I think it may have been a flash in the pan because at least by, by the, def, def, let's just say the defensive metrics are not don't kind. really approve. <laughs> they don't, they don't Do agree with my eye test based no. on seeing him 3-8. But what if he's my next Adam Lynn and he is good well, just to spite me? I don't think <laughs> I can live with him continuing to be annoying for like seven games a year. Yeah, fair. Um, As opposed there are a lot of outfielders this year. There are. Um, I think that Boston is going to throw a gazillion T dollars at one at of JD. at JD. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be really uh, hotly contested. But I think no other team is as offense hungry as Boston. Yeah, uh, they just they really feel like that big bat is what is going to push them over the limit. Which yeah. I have questions about that, but. Um, that and first base, I don't know that they were thrilled with Moreland's production there. Um, and they're going to be major players and like, let Boston go out and spend all the money. And then let's see like what is left over after that. Okay. Mm, what? I'm, I'm, I'm just going through the outfield options and I'm getting excited because there are a lot of players that I actually think could be pretty good fits here. Uh, you know that I am on team pay Boston to take Rusny Castillo off their hands, mm-hmm. which oh, yeah. was your I'm, idea, I'm really. So give <laughs> you credit where credit is due. Um, <laughs> but you have now suckered me into this. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I I think we yeah I think we could get him for salary relief and not mm-hmm. have to give up anything on the already very thin farm and uh there is a potential for a very good all-around player there and uh, do it make it happen jerry do it do it do it uh who so that is my my outfield off-season wish who is yours uh as you're staring at this list with heart eyes so uh i I'm not going to say this is my official desire because there are a lot of good options and because there are a lot of good options, I I think it's very important that they are patient. The Mariners are patient about uh, where they go with their cashola. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, um, I think you might be able to get Curtis Granderson pretty cheaply. 
And however you might think he's been, he's been better than that. <laughs> uh, and but he he's was, so old. He's 36. And yeah, he's really old, but he's still like, he's still passable defensively. Like he's he's not the 36 of like Nelson Cruz and like, oh no. <laughs> Uh, and, and you know, I think you can you you don't have to pay that much for him. I think because he's so he's old. got power. He's I mean he walked thirteen and a half percent of the time this year. Like that's nutty. And he had a two twenty eight BABIP. Like I, there, that's a guy I think you know he's coming off ha- already having made a bunch of money. He's not even on the Dodgers World Series roster. Mm-hmm. Like he's I think gotten. I, I think he's had very high-profile struggles that have overshadowed that he was fine. Like, he was on the Mets, who were terrible, and he was not bad. And then he went to the Dodgers and was really bad with a 153 BABIP. So, anyways, we're we're, we're going in, in a, a lot longer than we need to on, on, on this stuff, but we're, we're going to be going over it and, and getting excited this is just and a little tease for yeah. what we'll i know we'll be stringing <laughs> this out over the course of the off season but we have oh, to yeah. start recording now before jerry starts making moves because you know yeah. the instant the world series confetti mm-hmm. rains down he is going to mm-hmm. be on the phone so yes indeed all right all right well that's all we've got for this week um Tune in next week when I ask John who he dreams about at first base. <laughs> I'm just picturing you napping with like a little thought bubble of yonder Alonso do, over your head. Do do robots dream of electric yonder? <laughs> All right, thank you to those of you who sent in questions. Uh, oh, we didn't do Isabel's question about uh, what candy each of the bullpen <laughs> members give out in celebration of Halloween. Uh yes, uh, Edwin Diaz gives out uh just like, do you, do you know those like those like long sticks that were just like, they were like Twizzlers but they were like nerds sticks. Oh yeah, nerds ropes. Yeah, yeah. nerds rope. I think I think he's giving out nerds rope because I think he's just like constantly like chewing on it. Yeah, like out in the out in the pen. Also, that seems uh, just appropriately wacky for him. It's it. wacky and like a little bit like, oh, you're still a kid, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you're kid yourself. Uh. <laughs> Buying yeah. the candy that you think would be. I'm pretty yeah. sure Dan Altavilla gives out mini toothbrushes. <laughs> Offset. Oh, he's, he's that he, house. He's yeah. the dentist house. Yeah. Oh, he just God. wants you to take care of your teeth. It's They're very dentist important. Dentist approved gum. They're very important <laughs> assets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That was the only one that jumped into mind for me. Uh, I I think that's I think that's appropriate. Tony Zick, uh, just like stare is like the house you're terrified of going to. Yeah, it's like, the one that's like super w- decorated with like yeah. lights and music and everything. And, and you like ring the doorbell and then like there's like a porch swing with like a scarecrow, but it is Tony Zick. <laughs> uh, but he does give out like the huge like the king size like Snickers bars and like the extra size Skittles bags. Sure, to anyone who uh, is brave enough to get all the way up there. Exactly. Yeah, he's 
he's or yeah, he's he's perpetually a mid transformation like 10% transformation werewolf, so he's he might <laughs> as well. And like we've seen like we've seen him when he's not playing baseball, he's only wearing camo. Like yeah. that dude's dropping from the ceiling to deliver <laughs> your game. <laughs> like you Mission ring the doorbell and suddenly style. there's candy in your bag <laughs> and you felt like a breeze, but you didn't <laughs> you, see you didn't anything. See and and like one beard hair is slowly like like Drifting dropping in like the a wind. feather. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I can see it. Uh, I feel like Shay Simmons also gives out the full-size candy bar, but when you yeah. open it up, you realize it's all broken. Oh, right. it's, like, it's a little <laughs> like it was dropped. <laughs> this smash. Uh, yeah. This could be so good if it wasn't in pieces. <laughs> that was James, James Pazos has a like trebuch like a thing that like launches the candy at you but it's pretty scattershot his <laughs> <laughs> whole little... front yard is just littered with candy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, but when it goes in the bag it looks awesome oh yeah it, it's super cool the five out of ten times that it works mm-hmm. uh all right well that's enough hijinking for today i think casey lawrence made hot dogs he <laughs> He shows up <laughs> just dressed in an American flag. Oh no! <laughs> he's got he's got twi- not Twizzlers, what are those fizzers like the yeah. What? <laughs> well, those little fizzer like firework things. <laughs> he's just got the wrong holiday entirely. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's nailing it, but it's not. He's correct. nailing it, but the wrong holiday. <laughs> oh, well. oh no! Who's yeah, the? Lo- he spent too much time in Toronto. It happens. Oh. All right. Well, thank you to those of you who sent in questions and listened all the way through. Uh, I look forward to talking with you next week, John, after we've had another hopefully thrilling uh, set of games from the World Series. Yes. Wow. I feel yes, like yes, yes. last night's game was like four games in one. Like it just. It's such. It's such a palate cleanser too. Like after watching this excruciating like. You are good at baseball, but only in s- these weird ways. Season like, just I'm I'm fully excited about baseball in in a, in a way that was like it was f- exciting but frustrating to watch the Mariners all year. I'm 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 ready again. It's I'm already I'm already looking forward to spring training. I tweeted this last night, but um, it is really fun to watch the two best teams in baseball go at it. Why yeah. don't they do this every year? <laughs> have, they should make a tournament or something. It feels, it almost feels like an all-star game. Like the way that the, mm. and you know, part of that is the ball was just flying out of Dodger Stadium last night, but sure. it felt like a home run derby practically, mm-hmm. but like with actual stakes attached. And yeah. it was just a question of who's going to come up. Mm-hmm. Really, really fun. Absolutely. All right. All right. So we will chat with you next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Let's go.